Thanks for tuning in to the Quality is Key podcast, where we focus on improving the quality of your life through powerful stories, top-notch motivation, and real topics. You've got nothing to lose but everything to gain. Enjoy the podcast. How's everyone doing today? Welcome to the Quality is Key podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Sunday. And today on the podcast, we've got Jamie Ron, or Captain NBC as you might know him. He's an American Ninja Warrior athlete. He's appeared on the show as early as 2010, but has come such a long way. He also owns his own Ninja Warrior gym located in South Jersey. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Firstly, dude, congrats on the new marriage and congrats on heading to the Vegas finals. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of uh, new stuff going on. Yeah, I saw I saw your run on TV the other day, and it you killed it, man. It was yeah. awesome. So first, can you tell me how you got started on training and what really got you into parkour? Uh, so I originally, you know, I had watched Jackie Chan growing up as a kid, uh, and that had always inspired me to be as capable as, you know, I'd seen him and his, you know, body awareness of how he's able to move through space and climb and twist and jump and, and all this stuff that just seemed, you know, so impossible to me. But seeing someone do it really kind of got me inspired to want to try and try and learn. And so then I started trying to figure out, you know, and understand my body. And that led me into uh, parkour. And then I, uh, I found a parkour uh, program that had just started uh, in New Jersey called Pinnacle. They just finished a summer camp and we're starting um, a gym. And I found uh, a free class, took the class, and then been doing it ever since. So when would you say that you started really this training in the parkour? Uh, I first found out of parkour uh, and actually specifically thought about training it about, uh, I'd say, close to a decade ago. Um, but parkour is kind of one of those things that it's, it's not when did you start, but when did you stop? If you look at, you know, kids in the playgrounds, they're, they're always doing, you know, parkour, climbing, jumping, and, you know, just finding ways to move through their environment. Uh, but I didn't actually think of it as training until about, you know, 10 years ago. So 10 years, you know, you consider yourself a training parkour. And I remember you were on season two is when you started of American Ninja Warrior, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I saw so, a uh, commercial for the, the show and uh, I didn't even realize it had come to America. I had been, you know, training a little bit before that. Yeah. So what what was it like, you know, you look back at season two, which is so drastically than where yeah. you are now. So have you ever gone back and watched that footage and been like, wow, like I've come so far? Oh, yeah, all the time. I uh, I fell in the very first obstacle in season two. So it was a great kind of humbling experience to start off the career. Um, and just looking at all the obstacles of what they used to be and what they are now um, really makes me, you know, proud to know that, you know, the sport has come so far and that the athletes are, are so talented that, the obstacles just become so difficult at this point. It really has. And I've, I've seen the show over the years. It's just evolved in such a way. And the training has evolved so differently. Yeah. And the sport has become so completely different than what it was. Oh, yeah. Back then, there weren't any gyms. There was just, you know, playgrounds. And sometimes people would build stuff in their backyard. And, you know, now we have these, these huge gyms, facilities, and, you know, they're, they're all across the country. Yeah, it's awesome. And seeing everything expand like that, I mean, it's only getting bigger from here. So that's really cool to see. Absolutely. So what are some of the challenges that you've gone through? I know you've expressed going through some of the darker times in your life where 
you kind of lost some passion for the things that you had previously loved to do. You know, when you were doing parkour, what did that feel like to you? And how were you kind of be able, how were you able to spark that passion back up? Yeah. So those were always the, the hardest moments for me of, you know, losing that, that passion or that interest in, you know, the stuff that, that I love doing and the things that, you know, made me the most happy. And those things come and go. I don't know if there's any, you know, particular trigger for something like that. Every year, you know, when you, you finish your season on the show, um, 99.9% of the people fail and don't do as well as they, you know, can or, you know, thought they could. And that's just, you know, become part of it. So, uh, the show doesn't really make me feel like I didn't, you know, accomplish or I'm not good enough or I don't want to, you know, train. Like, what's the point of, you know, putting in this effort? You know, sometimes those waves just come and go, uh, for no reason. Sometimes it's sparked by something, but most of the, the things I focus on is, um, little progression. So if I'm in kind of a crap mood, I don't really feel like doing anything or I haven't really done anything all week, no training, no, you know, nothing. I get in a slump. Uh, I force myself to just do something, even if it's something as small as not having the last bite of dinner, just to have that little, you know, win to say, all right, you know, I'm, I'm doing something better. I'm not, you know, overeat. I'm going to, you know, have some self-control, not to eat that last bite. And then that, you know, feeling of accomplishment can then snowball into more and more challenges. Um, we're at the gym. If I get that opportunity where I'm, I'm always looking to do a little training because that makes me feel the, the best and like I've accomplished something is even if it's nothing great, it's nothing fantastic, just something new I've never tried before. The fact that I'm doing something new means that I'm improving myself in some way. So even if I failed it horribly, but I at least tried it, I feel like I've accomplished something and it starts to kind of dig me out of that hole of, um, you know, you're just in a rut where nothing's improving, nothing's changing. And that's because you're not really trying anything. So the best thing I've learned to do is just go somewhere like the gym or, you know, out at a park and just move around and, and play and, you know, see what happens. And when something seems a little interesting, stick with it and see if you can learn something new from it. I really like that. I really like your whole mindset on the trying something new and to kind of get yourself out of that rut. Cause I find myself doing that a lot. You know, you push yourself into new activities or new movements, you know, right. when you're talking about American Ninja Warrior and that, that really opens up the world to completely different things than what you're used to. And it can kind of move you away from that rut. Absolutely. And it also gives you a, a new mindset sometimes because you're starting to look at things differently. Um, you know, for give you a quick example of if I'm, uh, I can't really think of doing anything. I don't want to do anything. Let's say, you know, I've, I've hurt my, my hand and I can't really do anything that I really want to do. You know, maybe I'll just start balancing on a curb uh, and then I'll start spinning on the curb and, you know, try and do some yoga stuff while balancing on that curb. And, you know, then I start to look at things differently of, okay, I'm not just standing, but I'm twisting, I'm moving. There's all these options in that. It's hard to kind of grasp until you've experienced, but that flips back over into everyday life of, you know, oh, I got to make time for this and that. And you just get a different perspective on things. Yeah. So how do you see those two intertwining together? You know, your training and then different things that you apply in your life. How do you find those two things connecting together? Uh, so I feel like it's, it's kind of seamless, like it doesn't require the, the effort to connect them, uh, just kind of becoming aware that they are happening at the same time. 
so last night I started doing some um um uh, some stuff that I am intimidated by. Uh so doing lachets at heights. Uh I've always been okay with being up high after, you know, standing up in high places and getting used to it. Uh and then the next step would be moving across it and then, you know, of course, more and more complex movements. Uh but I was at the gym yesterday and I knew I wanted to try it, so I was setting stuff up and you know, the staff was hanging around and then they started, you know, cheering me on and then they started joining in and, you know, we had a, a great bonding experience, um, you know, just within the uh the staff and they all got to grow from the experience just like I did. Um, but that's not something that I would have expected to do. Yeah, I wanna become closer with my team. I wanna become, you know, a better uh I guess a boss. I'm not really a boss, I'm more just kind of like a like a head instructor uh, that kind of helps lead them to to grow and learn. But, you know, I wanted a, a good way to, you know, bond and connect with them. And, you know, me training and, you know, changing my perspective of what I'm doing helped me change that perspective of, you know, how I can bond with my team. It, you know, it doesn't have to be, oh, let's like hang out after work. It can be, you know, right while you're doing stuff. You can make that connection with someone. So what you were talking about with, you know, what you do doesn't just impact you, it impacts the people around you, and it really makes a difference. And that actually brings up a point that I wanted to say is that you seriously become a role model for a lot of people struggling with things like anxiety and depression. And being such a huge figure on that show, you've been able to share your journey and really make a difference in people's lives. So what has it been like for you to be able to share your story and do what you've done? And what does that mean to you? So that's that's become my my new favorite, you know, part of the the show is that I can be that that inspiration for people just by, you know, sharing what what I've gone through and how I've overcome it uh gives people hope that they too can overcome uh whatever that struggle is in their life. And I've been kind of that that ear to talk to for a lot of people in my life um who have gone through, you know, really horrible things. Um you know, I've gone through some you know, some rough stuff myself and, you know, just made me realize that everyone's going to go through something, you know, life isn't going to be easy for anyone. Um, and to just kind of accept what happens, uh, and do the best you can with what you got and, you know, keep moving forward and hearing that, that, you know, resonates with so many people in, in such a strong way has really been so amazing, uh, just to have, it's almost like, um, feels like a gift to be able to be in that that limelight to have that kind of role with uh this community of people so i know it's really hard to kind of share that kind of stuff you know on social media especially nowadays when we have everyone kind of presenting themselves or branding themselves as right. their life is always perfect and you know everything's happy and you know, they kind of give off this vibe that everything's good all the time which leads to you know right. a whole range of issues. So was there kind of a pivotal moment when you kind of decided to share that kind of stuff? Because I know that can't be easy to share that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I grew up super, super shy as a kid. Like I only got friends because uh, my parents had set up play dates with other parents. Uh, so at a certain point, I think it was middle school. Um, at one point, I just realized like, why am I being shy? I had this this big aha moment of, you know, what do I care that, you know, what people may or may not, you know, think it's more about, you know, how I experience life and, 
you know, how I'm going to feel at the end of the day and, you know, the impacts I've had on other people. Uh, so why worry about it too much? So uh, from that point on, I just became, you know, this, this more of an open book and just focused on the truth 100% of the time, all of the time, and just being upfront and honest. And it made life first a whole lot simpler and a lot less complicated of, you know, having to weave in and out of all this, you know, stuff of, oh, does this person know this information? Do they know that? Or uh, vice versa. And just to be out and open with things makes it um, freeing because you don't have to worry about uh, people finding out certain things and they can just deal with who you are rather than trying to pretend to be, you know, something you're not. Uh, so as things just started happening, I started to just be able to open up quicker and quicker. Um, and it really started to become not just to get that information out into the world, but knowing who my audience was that I wanted to share it with. So, you know, if something really traumatic happens, I'm not just going to go and, you know, spread that out to the world um, unless there's some sort of, um, you know, desire for that information. Like someone asks me a question, uh, you know, I'll be, be honest about it and I'll you know talk about whatever I've gone through. Um, but I won't necessarily just put that into the world because I just don't want people to have to worry or to have to, um, you know, take pity or whatever it may be. Because uh, I just want people to, you know, be happy. And I feel the best way to be happy is to be upfront and honest about everything. So being able to get to that point, I think, helped because I was super shy and I was in that hole of like, so much paranoia for so long that once I broke free, it was just so much easier. I remember the uh, first girl I ever dated, um, the first kiss I ever got, I consistently counted down to 10 in my head for like an hour and a half <laughs> until I finally like was like, all right, we're going to do it. We're not going to leave again and then not kiss her. So it was such this like hole of just paranoia and nervousness that just being able to share and be open about, you know, everything made life so much better. And there's a lot of fear of that, of, you know, what are people going to think of you and, you know, how they're going to look at you. But, you know, I, I've always felt that whatever perspective they may have on your life because of your past experiences is only going to determine how, you know, you relate to them. If someone, you know, changes like they don't want to be your friend anymore because of something that's happened to you, then that's how you evaluate that friendship. They're not that, you know, strong friend that you want in your life to begin with. No, it's that's so true. And I think it really opens up because the one thing that I notice is you're very real. And so you sure. open up this personality like, look, this is who I am. Like, you know, I'm not trying to put out this or put out this, but this is just who I am. And when you kind of give that perspective, it allows your life to open up to people that really do click with you. Because I feel Absolutely. like a lot of people, a lot of people will put up this front, and then they'll wonder why they're not attracting the right people. Yeah, it's because you know it's because they themselves have up this front, or they have the these things that they're hiding. Right. So it it de definitely does all all click together. So oh yeah. And it's definitely a huge step to start taking. Uh, but I, I 
think it's a very important step to you know involve in your life. I absolutely agree. I really do. So other than parkour, what kind of exercises do you do? I mean, I know you talked about doing some five Ks, that's right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm on um man, I forgot to check what, what I'm on. Um I don't want to cut out the, the recording. But um I'm in the the late five hundreds in terms of days I'm doing five Ks in a row. Last year wow. I hit up uh a thousand miles in the year and I started in like April. So this year I'm trying to do 2018 kilometers for the year 2018. And it started out just because I'm not good at running and my cardio is poor and I wanted to, you know, just get better at it. So I put on a uh, goal of, oh, I could do, you know, three miles a day and see if I could get to, you know, 100 days. Then I hit 100 days. Like, all right, let's see if I could do, you know, 500 days. And it all started because of that song, um, I would walk 500 miles. Um, I think it was the Proclaimers, <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, yep. I could probably do that." So then I, uh, I started playing around with it, did some math, and started. And now it's just kind of been with me. So I do a lot of that just for cardio and moving, and just you know, staying active. So if I don't get something done, still feel productive, still feel like I'm, I'm not falling into that hole. Um, I do enjoy rock climbing a lot. Um, I do really enjoy the the parkour and the the Ninja Warrior. And at this point, I, I just kind of put it all on the boat of parkour, of just understanding your body and becoming, you know, the most efficient and, you know, be strong to be useful mentality um, throughout all of my training, whether that's physically or, you know, mentally. I think they go hand in hand. Yeah, I agree. I think that's. I think that's really smart. I think that's awesome. Do you have a favorite, do you have a playlist that you play when you're practicing in the gym, when you're doing parkour in the gym? Well, my playlist is not always the, the best gym music. So I like, um, right now I really love uh, Nightcore, which is just kind of like a an upbeat, kind of dancey, techno-y remix thing. It's hard to explain. I'm not very musically talented, but uh, I do love Nightcore. I love, um, you know, remixes. I love um, you know, some good old upbeat, fast paced songs. I think um they were playing Skater Boy last night, uh, at the gym, which just kinda got me going. Uh but what my song right now that I listen to right before I compete is um an Avicii remix. It's the uh Never Gonna Wake You Up, I believe. And the music video is uh Will Smith and the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and John Travolta from um Saturday, or Saturday Night Fever and um that Angel movie. It's just a whole bunch of fun dancing and fun music and I just like things that are new, interesting and that I can't fully comprehend. So like it's kind of like listening to music in a different language as an extra appeal where you're not focusing on the words so much as you are the the music and the tone. Um, and I really love that sort of stuff. Granted that it's, it's upbeat and fun. I love it. And Will Smith inspires for generations. He always will. Oh yeah. <laughs> Forever. So when you're running the American Ninja Warrior course, what would you say your favorite obstacle is and what obstacle has really been the most challenging to you over the years? Uh, so my favorite obstacle that I've been able to be involved with is, uh, any form of lache obstacle where almost every obstacle you dismount in a lache. Um, 
but I was lucky this year. Almost every obstacle on the the Philly course and finals course involved a lachey, which was just you know my favorite stuff to just swing. Um, I do really like the cliffhanger. I think that's a really awesome obstacle. If I had to pick one specific one, um, and then the ones that have always been the vein of my you know training has been the uh, the spider wall. Uh, I've been fifty fifty on the spider wall. I make it a year. I miss it a year. I make it a year. I miss it a year. Um, and the any type of spinning log, rolling log, log drop. Uh, for whatever reason, the East Coast has had some sort of unpleasant log obstacle uh, for like six years running. And I really don't like those obstacles because all it is is hold on for the ride till you get to the end, um, where it's not much skill or technique. It's just kind of like a grin and bear it type of obstacle. And I've never really liked those, at least the, the body prop and the cliffhanger. I mean, it takes a good amount of... Um, you know, grinning and really bearing through the, uh, it takes a lot of effort to get through it, but there's movement, there's technique. It's just, just hold on and wait. And those for the spider wall, those doors, I mean, they're pretty heavy, aren't they? Oh, the spider climb. Yeah. The spider climb. Yeah. The spider climb, they weren't too bad. Um, I just got my back up to it. So it'd be easier to go really the, um, as long as you had good friction on your shoes, that made a world of difference because then you could just kind of stand on it rather than have to, you know, continually push. Sometimes, you know, the right, the right shoe makes a big difference. Yeah, that is true. I know I have to change out my shoes like every three months or I'll totally lose tread and just not good. So do you feel that, you know, you talk a lot about exercise and movement and stuff like that. Do you feel like exercise has been one of the best medicines for you, whether it's physically or mentally? Uh, yes, I, I, you know, hundred percent believe that. I had a, um, well, not had, but uh, I grew up with a uh, a brain cyst, so I have a uh, uh, probably about a four inch uh, space in my brain, which just caused you know migraines growing up as a kid, and it really got me focused on healthy living because if I had you know a lot of TV or um, you know, not a lot of sleep or a lot of sugar and, you know, that regular unhealthy stuff would just kind of compound and I would get, you know, a headache and I'd be, you know, out for a day or, um, sometimes longer. I wouldn't really be able to participate in in life and all the fun stuff I wanted to do. And so once I really started being active and focusing on training and, or, uh, sleeping enough and, eating enough, I got rid of all the, the headaches. Uh, so they went from, you know, at least once a week to maybe three times a year. And so it's really been important for me to stay active just to not crumble into migraines, but then also to have all that, that energy and to, you know, enjoy life. When I, I don't exercise, I feel sluggish. I feel like it's harder to get excited and, you know, um, excited about things and to get involved with activities and fun conversations. You just become kind of um, sluggish. And even if it's just, you know, walking around, like I'll, I'll do a 5K. I don't always run them. But sometimes if I, you know, I'm really tired, I'll just walk it. And just that really wakes up my brain to being able to experience life and enjoy it more than just you know, walking through it. 
So do you find that if you stop maybe taking a break and stop exercising for a while, whether you're taking a break from American Ninja Warrior or you're just taking a break from anything, do you find that your kind of anxiety starts to build up? Um, yeah, I think after a certain point, it definitely does. Uh, I had that a lot with uh, art. So I have a bachelor's in fine art, painting, and drawing. Uh, and I went to school for architecture and did some tattoo work, apprenticeship stuff. And I always wanted to create and build and design. And whenever I got stuck doing desk work and, you know, managerial stuff and I couldn't have that outlet, that really, you know, felt like an addiction where I was addicted to doing it when I did it. And it just got aggravated and depressed and, you know, really anxious. And so I just found new avenues to do the same thing where, now, for me, being active is also, you know, that creative process of designing and problem solving and figuring out all this stuff um, where it's, I would say, food, water, sleep, and, um, you know, creative exercise are the, the four things that I'm addicted to in life that I can't, you know, break the habit of and kind of don't want to, but uh, some of them you just kind of you know, need to deal with. I'm really curious because you say creative exercise. So it's hard for me to imagine you, you know, doing the parkour that you do just normally running down the street. Are you just constantly yeah. hopping on walls and jumping off things? And uh, Not as much as you would think. I also have a, a high sense of, you know, I don't want to freak other people out. I don't want to, you know, piss other people off. So when I'm I'm going down the street and stuff, I don't want to just like climb on someone's fence or, you know, get up on top of, you know, the side of a, a building wall. Um, but I'll, I'll kind of run around. I'll jump over curbs, benches, you know, maybe up a railing or so. Um, I won't really go into the more in-depth stuff unless I'm going to be hanging out and really, you know, training that for a while. So people kind of see me and they see that, that process and that build up. Um, rather than they just see someone doing this thing that they think is super crazy because they live in a you know a different world, uh, and then now I've freaked out them for their day. So, as much as I like to run, jump, and climb, I also hate uh, freaking other people out. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I think you could definitely still have fun. There's definitely some things you can do without doing that. So I gotta ask, yeah. what you know when you started to brand yourself with the show, what did you have? When did you have the idea for the green hair? Was that something that you did right before the show? Yes. Yeah, so um, the show, I believe it's always been filmed around the same time, uh, around March to June. Um, and for Halloween that year prior, I was Captain Planet, who's a uh, 90s cartoon character, who, um, who's a superhero who came to life when five kids had power rings and they put all their powers together and they created Captain Planet and he would fight pollution of the planet. And so he had a green um, flat top mullet and blue body paint and red spandex undies. And so I went for him for Halloween and the show promoted, you know, hey, we're looking for costume competitors. And I was like, hey, I get a chance to compete. I don't care what I wear. I'll dress up. And so I got a uh, I sent them my outfit and they loved it. We just couldn't do the the Planet logo because that was, you know, owned by the company that made Captain Planet. 
uh, and it was trademarked. So I was like, well, you own your logo. Can I just use yours? And like, yes, we love that idea. So I became uh, Captain G4. I went in uh, body paint, green, uh, green hairspray, and uh, uh, like a red mankini. And then I competed and I fell. And then I came back the next couple of years and it got colder. So I started wearing uh, sweatpants. And then uh, a gentleman who um, makes stuff for uh, wrestlers uh, reached out to me about making me a costume. So I want to do the body paint. I was like, that sounds amazing. So he made me a uh, costume. I wore that for one year. And then uh, things still fell through. And I had to make part of the costume because uh, he didn't get to finish it. So then I just decided to make my own costume. And at some point, NBC took over uh, G4. And then G4 just turned to NBC. And we went from there. It's amazing because... You're so well-known and you're so well-branded because of that. You really right. stand out. And it's funny because you can say, you know, hey, do you know Jamie Ron from American Ninja Warrior? And if people are bad with names, they'll be like, oh, which one is right. that? And you say, the one with the green hair. And they'll be like, exactly. yeah, I know who that is. <laughs> and it's funny, but it, it gives people a way to remember you. Absolutely. So, it's, it's great because people recognize that. However, on the show now, they have green screens because they've, gotten you know more and more you know money and more production value and i'm like guys i've had this green hair for eight years now can we get like a blue screen or anything like that so now in like every one of my interviews you'll see me wearing a, a black beanie of some sorts because i have to hide my green hair or your hair will just disappear from the screen yeah that's too much effort to cgi in regular hair that's hilarious that's really funny so with all the things that you've been talking about with you know overcoming your own sorts of anxiety what kind of advice would you give to anyone with anxiety depression or mental illness who want to use exercise as a benefit to their mental and physical health uh i think the best advice that i think i could give them would be to find something fun and easy to access that you could continually do, uh, and it's going to continue to keep you interested. Uh, and the only way to do that is to try new things. Um, so my wife just tried CrossFit for the first time uh, yesterday morning. Uh, she's been doing marathon running, which got me to start trying running. Uh, you know, we've both done OCR races. You've got Ninja Warrior. You've got yoga. You've got parkour. And there's all these different avenues to just put your foot in and try and maybe that'll lead you from, you know, one passion to another and you keep following that path of, you know, what you're really looking for and what's really going to keep you interested. Um, And it's really just finding something that you feel accomplished with. And I found that to be amazing because you constantly have, you know, results from, you know, being active, whether it's that body awareness to not get hurt when you trip over the curb walking along the street or uh, you're not super winded when you're moving boxes around or when you have to go up the second flight of stairs because uh, you only have to go up one flight. You're now able to have a conversation instead of catch your breath for a couple minutes beforehand or save money because you don't have to eat twice as many meals as you did before. Uh, it's really just a good way to constantly have positive impacts in your life every day. Absolutely. I think that pretty much sums it up. Thanks very much, Jamie, for being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you so much for asking me on. 
If you enjoyed this episode and want to continue and learn more about Captain NBC's story and all the progress that he makes throughout the seasons, follow him over at Instagram at Jamie Ron. If you know him, then you know his last name is spelled R-A-H-N. That's Jamie Ron. Also follow me on Instagram at Freakin' Bobs. It's at F-R-E-A-K-I-N-B-O-B-S. Make sure to head over to iTunes, give me a five-star review, and let us know what you would like to see in future episodes. I appreciate all the feedback. I will definitely take it into consideration when I'm going into recording. I will see everyone next week.